Good afternoon. It is Monday, September 13th. Thank you for tuning in to the Fourth Quarter Lights podcast. To all eight of you that will be listening to this, I truly appreciate it. Jumping right into the week two slate of games and, and what happened over the weekend. Any big news, big games, definitely going to talk about the Georgia UAB game. But we are going to start right off with the uh, Big 12 noon kickoff game, which was Oregon in Ohio State. Now, I predicted Ohio State to win this game. I thought that Oregon, after their first week against uh, Fresno State, I mean, they really struggled. Defense gave up a ton of points. Uh, that being said, I mean, Ohio State did too. They struggled against Minnesota. Defense gave up a ton of points. So it's no surprise that this was a shootout. Uh, but ultimately, Oregon outlasted Ohio State. I mean, they led for most of the game, and Oregon looked like the better team uh, for most of that game. I mean, Ohio State made a late run, um, you know, late push in the fourth quarter, but it was not enough. Oregon ended up winning that game 35-28, to jumping all the way up to number four in the AP poll. They bumped Oklahoma up to number three. Ohio State fell, uh, I believe, to nine. But uh, that is kind of where everything sits right now. The next game on the docket was Georgia, UAB. Man, I, I will tell you, I, I got this game wrong, and uh, so did most people. I mean, I, I know a lot of people that, that try to predict the score of the games before it happens. I don't know anyone that really thought Georgia was going to come out, uh, especially with no JT Daniels, and put up 56 points on UAB. Now, again, you know, and I talked about this in the in the podcast last week, um, you know, UAB was not a cupcake. They had like a top 15 defense in the FBS last year. Uh, they, they are a very good group of five team. There's a good chance that they are going to win the Conference USA. They're going to play in a bowl game against a Power 5 opponent. Um, UAB is not a bad team, okay? And Georgia embarrassed them. 56-7. to UAB could not move the ball. The only seven, the, the touchdown that they had, the only score of the game for UAB was a pick six. Now, whether that was Carson Beck's fault or not, I didn't think it was. Uh, Dejon Edwards, I believe, was the running back on that play. He simply turned his head too late, um, and the ball actually went off of his hands and was picked off and uh, returned 60 yards or something for a touchdown. I didn't think it was Carson Beck's fault, but uh, UAB could not move the ball. Their only points coming on that pick six thrown by Carson Beck. And UGA really, I, I mean, they didn't have a great uh, showing on the ground, but really had no trouble uh, moving the ball. I mean, it, it's, we all know the story of Stetson Bennett. He came in, he went 10 for 12 for like 288 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, just, he, he looked great. Um, with that said, I mean, the, the schemes, the routes, and everything was just working. If you go back and look at the highlights of that game, the receivers, the tight ends, were just running wide open all game. The, the, the first three touchdown passes, if you go back and look, there was nobody within 8 to 10 yards of any of those receivers that caught those touchdowns. I mean, the Jermaine Burton was wide open. Arian Smith 
was wide open. Uh, the uh, the other touchdown I can't even remember was at Brock Bowers. I, I don't remember what, uh, but I mean again, wide. I think it was Brock Bowers on that kind of wheel route. Nobody within ten yards. I mean, so Stetson Bennett played. He he played great. He did everything that you could ask. Uh, receivers played great. It was a great showing by UGA. I did not see us winning that game by you know forty nine points. That just insane. One of the most complete games, uh, in my opinion, that Georgia has put up since probably the twenty seventeen season, uh, maybe the twenty eighteen season. But it was just a complete dominant performance by UGA, uh, and it was it was fun to see. Uh, I, I hope that you know, and I I made a YouTube video, got a big reaction out of it. Um, about Stetson Bennett, you know, starting and and I still as much as I, I don't I don't hate Stetson Bennett. I like Stetson Bennett, especially as a person and as a Georgia player. Um, he's great. He's a great locker room guy. I love that he puts a fat dip in his lip on the sideline during the game. Um, you know, he's always cheering on his teammates. He's always you know practicing harder. He wants to play. There's nothing to hate about Stetson Bennett. Okay. The, the thing that I just didn't like and don't understand is what does starting Stetson Bennett do for you? Yeah, I mean, it won you the game, and Stetson Bennett played well, but what does that do? He's a fifth-year senior. His eligibility is done after this season. He's not going to be at UGA next year. You know who is? is Carson Beck, who's a redshirt freshman. JT Daniels isn't going to be at UGA next year, most likely. So who does that leave right now in the quarterback room for next season? Well, Carson Beck and Brock Vandegrift. Why not play those guys more? Why not start Beck and let Brock play the second half? You really think that those guys couldn't have made those, you know, those same throws? When you're playing the QB shuffle, it's hard to get in rhythm. It was like Stetson played the first two series, then Beck comes in and we hand the ball off three times. Talk about a confidence killer. Oh, and then we're going to pull you. We're going to put Stetson back in there. Oh, he's going to throw another touchdown. Well, then we're going to throw you back in there again and drive. You know, it was just, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the game plan. Again, I do not hate Stetson Bennett. I love the guy. But you know what? After his first two touchdowns, we were up 14-0 to in the first three minutes of the game. That should have been it. And you should have left Beck in for the rest of the first half, let him throw the ball 15, 20 times, and then let Vandegrift take over when we're up 28 or 35-0 to at the half, whatever it would have been. Who cares? Who cares? Whatever. I- I'm over it. I just don't understand six months of Carson Beck being the number two quarterback, being the number two quarterback at G-Day, being the number two quarterback all summer, as early, or I should say as late as Wednesday or Thursday of last week, being confirmed that Carson Beck was the number two quarterback and was splitting reps with JT Daniels with the ones, and then you just throw him under the bus and, nope, you're not starting. We're just going to throw you out there. You can throw 10 passes. Good luck. I I just don't like it. But I'm moving on because I know I'll take a lot of flack for that. Again, nothing against Stetson Bennett. I just don't understand it. I don't understand what it does for the University of Georgia. What does it do for the program moving forward other than just winning the UAB game? I don't understand it. 
all it's going to do is it's going to piss it's going to piss Carson Carson Beck off. I wouldn't be surprised if he transfers. I don't blame the kid. Anyways, uh, we'll move on because <clears throat> I can go on. I can talk about that all day. I'll argue with anybody. I don't care. Uh, Iowa Iowa State. This game actually happened pretty much just like I thought it would. Um, Iowa got out to an early lead on Iowa State and never really looked back. It it really wasn't a great game. I thought Iowa dominated pretty much all aspects of that game. They ended up winning 27-17. <clears throat> Iowa's a good team. And I don't think Iowa State is. I don't know what happened from last year to this year, but Iowa State, again, they struggled week one against Northern Iowa. They won 16-10. to uh, Was not impressed. So they scored 16 in week one. They scored 17 in week two. And again, they returned like everybody on offense. I just don't, I don't get it. Was last year a fluke? COVID year? I don't know. Iowa State's not a very good team. Uh, Iowa, though, they are. And uh, I believe they are number five this week in the polls, right behind Oregon. They, I had the argument. I thought Iowa should actually be ahead of Oregon um, because I, I think that the body of works just through the first two weeks is much more impressive. I mean, Iowa beat a ranked Indiana team by like 30 points in week one while Oregon struggled against Fresno State and won by seven. And then, again, a, a struggling Ohio State team, Oregon beat them, but Iowa handedly beat a top 10 Iowa State team. I just, I thought that uh, Iowa's resume was was a little bit more impressive than Oregon's, but they're four and five. Who cares? You can flip-flop them. Doesn't matter at this point in the season. Ton of football left to play. Maybe the uh, shocker of the weekend was Arkansas over Texas. Sam Pittman, man, he's got those Razorbacks turned around. I mean, that program is just, it feels different, it looks different, it sounds different, and whatever Sam Pittman is pouring in the Kool-Aid, those guys are drinking it, and they love it. Um, just, they destroyed Texas. The The final score in that game was 40-21, to 21, and I don't even know that it was that close of a game. I mean, Arkansas was, they were up like 33-6 to six at one point, uh, or 33-7 to seven it may have been. Just an absolute shellacking. So, as Arkansas put, welcome to the league, Texas. It ain't going to be pretty. But uh, great win for Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, next game was primetime game, Michigan and Washington. This game, again, uh, I said, you know, if you watched last week or listened last week, I said that Michigan was going to roll Washington, not impressive. Uh, they lost to an FCS Montana team in week one, 13-7. They had to go into the big house after Michigan just came off of one of their best offensive performances in years um, and play Michigan, and it wasn't pretty. That, that game was never in jeopardy. Washington could not move the ball. Um, Michigan ended up winning 31-10. to Michigan slides in at number 25 this week in the polls. Um, and they seems like they actually have a little bit of an offense uh, this year, even though Cade McNamara only had 44 yards passing on Saturday against Washington. Uh, both of their running backs went for over 150 yards. Uh, Blake Corum and, uh, what is it, uh, Haskins. Both of them had over 150 yards, couple scores. So that was pretty impressive to watch their O-line uh, just dominate Washington like that. Some other news. Um, got these both wrong, the, the late games. Stanford 
beat USC pretty bad. Um, don't know what happened. No idea what's going on with USC. This is probably Clay Helton's last year, I, I would guess, um, unless they somehow run the table from here and go 11-1. and But, the, you know, Utah lost to BYU. It, the Pac-12, other than Oregon, is just in shambles right now. I mean, Washington is 0-2. Some people were picking them to play in the conference championship. Uh, USC just lost. Utah just lost. I mean, uh, who else, besides Oregon, who out there is, is going to compete? Uh, I just don't see it. Um, so Utah lost to BYU. We already talked about uh, UGA, but uh, Bama at number one. They they rolled Mercer. Um, wasn't I mean, it was 48-13. It was never a close game. But uh, I don't think really anything happened after halftime of that game. Uh, but nonetheless, they rolled. Uh, Oklahoma, they, they put together a pretty impressive performance against Western Carolina. I think that final score was like 72-0 to zero or something. Uh, just ridiculous. But that was impressive. And Clemson rolled. Uh, I believe they played South Carolina State. Jacksonville State, though, beating Florida State. At Doak Walker, on the last play of the game, three seconds left in the game, they throw a 60-yard touchdown pass. was not a Hail Mary. It was just a one-on-one route, and the wide receiver caught it. Ended up breaking like three tackles, made two guys miss, and ran in for a touchdown. FCS Jacksonville State takes down Florida State. It is the second FCS team in two weeks to take down a major Power 5 program with Washington losing to Montana in week one and now Florida State losing to Jacksonville State in week two. Um, Man, and I I thought that Florida State was going to be pretty decent after the showing that they had against Notre Dame. All it really showed us is that Notre Dame is actually a pretty bad football team. Uh, They had to come back and kick a game-winning field goal as time expired against Toledo. Toledo Rockets, 32-29, Notre Dame won that game. Their defense is absolutely abysmal. Terrible. But that's uh, all I've got for today. Again, appreciate the eight people that will listen to this podcast. If you feel so inclined... Share this podcast with your friends and family. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dogs on YouTube. You can also search Fourth Quarter Lights. It'll bring it up as well. You can also find me uh, on YouTube, Fourth Quarter Lights, Twitter, at Dogs on YouTube. Fourth Quarter Lights podcast. I will be checking in later this week to go over the Game 3 slate. Also looking for a co-host for the show to talk about college football. Does not have to be a UGA fan. Would actually prefer it not be a UGA fan because I like the, uh, you know, getting the different opinions of of different teams and um, not so much recency bias and, and homerism for my Georgia Bulldogs. So if you are interested in potentially being a co-host of the podcast or on my YouTube channel, Fourth Quarter Lights. Hit me up. You can, again, find me on Twitter, at Dogs on YouTube. Message me on there. Message me on YouTube. Doesn't matter. Just get a hold of me, and uh, we'll work something out. 
Thanks for watching. We'll uh, talk to you later on this week. Everybody stay safe, have a good week, and go dogs.